How many of you know the, the words of God are so pregnant? They are so powerful. When you receive a word that God is speaking to you, it soaks into your spirit. It changes the way you think. It changes what you believe. And when you allow that level of belief to affect you, your desires change. Your behaviors change. Amen? We, we need his word. We need his presence. We need to be following after him. So uh, there's a phrase that's been going through my mind the last few weeks, actually. So uh, let, let's just pray. I, there's so much stirring inside. Father, I just thank you so much that your word is true. Your word is alive. Your words empower us to become the sons and daughters you created us to be. So even now, honor your word this morning. Allow your anointing to be upon the words for each heart that's ready to receive. Find the good soil. Sow your word into each of our hearts, God, that we'll lay hold of it in faith, that we'll believe and receive all that you have for us this morning. Change our lives, transform our minds, conform us to your will. I ask this in faith and even boldness today. I know we're going to have an encounter with you today that can just shift to the direction of our lives, that can bring breakthrough and empowerment in new areas. And I thank you ahead of time for the way you're going to just shake our souls to bring newness of life into old areas. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. That's a pretty good prayer. All right. I'm ready to roll. So the phrase that's been going through my mind, <clears throat> get a hold of this. Truth does not need your permission to exist. The truth of who Jesus Christ is, the reality that he is the embodiment of truth and of love, it, if people don't understand it, if they don't agree with it, does it change who Jesus is? No, not at all. But lies need your permission to exist. If we believe a lie, then we begin to respond to the lie, and the lie begins to take hold. Amen? So I, just, I want lies to be broken over my life and the lives of those I love. Oh. And you, you know what one of the biggest lies of all is? That you don't matter. That what you do doesn't count. We cannot go where we need to go. We cannot be who we're supposed to be without each person hearing my voice right now, standing up in who God created you to be. You are necessary. You are significant. You are important. You are precious to your Father. And the more you receive that truth, you don't become egotistical, you don't become self-centered, you become God-centered, and your heart begins to focus on others. So we're going to talk about vision today. We're going to talk about a spiritual wake-up call that I personally am going through. And watch out, when I go through something, I get missionary zeal. I want it for everybody else, too. And so I'm serious about coming out of the malaise, coming out of apathy, and letting God ignite your heart for who you are and where you are right now here today. Amen? So, uh, we, uh, I'm, I'm blown away at how good God is and how responding 
to a, a word, to revelation, to a vision that he gives you, how that moves your life forward and empowers you to walk in his grace and his empowerment for your life. We went through a transition as a church. And, uh, you know, I love the vision statement for this church. We're going somewhere. This church is called to be a vibrant community hosting God's presence as we serve others. Others in the church, others outside of the church. Guys, that is a powerful and pregnant vision. And we've been blessed and honored that Miko and Alyssa have taken up the call to press into God's presence and that they make the final decision for the vision and the direction of this community coming alive to Jesus Christ and being a lighthouse in this neighborhood and a source of life to each other. We've been blessed to have two people who are pure-hearted and committed. Can you just be thankful for Miko and Lissa already and where they're taking us and what God has done? The vision of them being our successors, God is blessing it. God is awakening us to go where he wants us to go in a way where we're depending completely on him. And part of the fulfillment of that vision, if you didn't catch Mark Tubbs' message last week, I'm planning on hearing it again. I've talked to a lot of people. It was so, so rich, wasn't it? But when he got up there at first, he said, you know what? He was shocked. The community, the culture that we have at Abiding Place. Mark goes to literally hundreds of churches. And he comes into Abiding Place, and what happened? People hounded him to pray for him, to bless him. You know, he, was, he, just, he couldn't believe that there were people not just there to receive, but people to give, people to pour out their faith, people excited to see him, people excited to see Mark getting everything he needs for what God... Do you understand that? Even Mark made the comment, this is unusual, this is special, what God is doing here. Isn't that the fulfillment of being a vibrant church? People praying for Mark... They were hosting God's presence. They weren't coming up with their own ideas. Oh, I'm just going to pray what I want for you. They were trying to host the Spirit of God as they were what? Serving Mark. And then, by the way, Mark's message, it's, this came to me three weeks ago or so, and then Mark just, I almost thought, uh-oh, I've got to come up with something new because when he went into Jeremiah and when Jeremiah received his call and right away the lie comes, Oh, I don't know how to speak. How many times has God put a call on you, given you a revelation of something you were supposed to do, and then the lie comes and you disqualify yourself or you distract yourself? It was, if you haven't heard it, I just really encourage you, listen to his message, and then God coming right up against the lie, oh, I can't speak, okay, I'm putting my word in your mouth, you know, and then just gave him a vision of where he was going from there. So um, our, our anchor verse today is Proverbs 29, 18. And uh, although we're all very familiar with it, it's become very fresh to me. Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. If you don't know where you're going, then it doesn't matter what you do. And you're just going to wind up anywhere. But what I really love, other translations say where there is no 
revelation. That's even different, isn't it? A vision is a wonderful thing. A vision is an outcome. A vision is a destination. Those are the cliffs over there. I want to be part of a vibrant community doing life together, growing together, walking in faith together, exploding other people's lives in Jesus and with grace. That's a destination. Uh, and then you can hunger for it. It pulls. Vision pulls you toward it, doesn't it? It inspires sacrifice. It inspires dedication. It inspires, you know, you, you, you to move forward. Vision is a powerful thing. But vision that comes through God, a revelation, God speak. How many of you have had a word where God just spoke something and everything shifted? You know, when Lori was tormented over where, whether we were going to buy our own house or a trailer or live with our kids or blah, 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 blah. I mean, she was, she was literally tormented. And then Gary Hemingway comes up here and just says, dwell in the land. <laughs> she gets a vision of dwelling with our granddaughter and our son and the family. I mean, all peace, just, and everything shifted. Now, because she got a word, she's walking in faith and obedience to that specific area. <clears throat> and then, by the way, without knowing where you're going, without, Mark's primary message was you've got to know your call. And then many people, the lie comes, oh, I'm not called. The call is for ministers, it's for missionaries. The call, no, all of us are called, amen? God has, what does he say in Jeremiah? I mean, since Mark was preaching out of it. I know the plans I have. Just for Eunice? Just for Jeff? Or does he know the plan that he has for you? There's a plan, and you need to seek it. You seek the picture the revelation. You seek it in his word. You seek it in talking with other people, but you're listening for what vision is God stirring for my future? What does he have? You seek it through the still small voice. God speaking something personally to you that you're going to apprehend and accept and believe and move forward. It's an amazing process, isn't it? But if you don't have that, what happens? Well, one translation says you perish, your life is wasted, you die to whatever that dream might have been. It no longer is going to exist. It's not going to come to life. But also, you're unrestrained. I don't care what I do. If I'm not going anywhere, what does it matter? You know? Oh, I love streaming. Okay. Oh, that's great. There's 11 seasons. You know? <laughs> right? So, I want to challenge you, and I want to make this relevant, because it's so personal to me. Have you ever found yourself growing apathetic and passive? I have. <clears throat> if you don't know where you're going, have you ever been in a place where you don't know you're, where you're going and you don't care? Then all of a sudden, your soul begins to wind down. And I, it can happen almost unexpectedly. Uh, it can happen little by little by little, which is exactly what happened to me. The last several months, I don't, I'm not blaming the transition. The transition, I'm grateful God was in it. I'm, I'm so filled with joy and hope. <clears throat> but at the same time, 
good friends, family members. So, Charlie, what's it like being retired? Oh, good Lord, I never said I was going to retire, you know. I'm, I'm planning on walking in everything God has for me, and now there's some new stuff coming. But I didn't know what it really was. And I found myself growing more and more apathetic. More my life was not restrained. It was not going in a direction. I was drinking more than I probably should. I was watching TV more than I should. I wasn't exercising like, you know. It's just, oh, whatever. We'll just wait and see what's going to come. I'm, so, I'm being very honest with you. And that wait and see approach to life leads in one direction, toward death. And now God can intervene, and he did in my life. He's such a good and merciful God, isn't he? And so even when I didn't know what to seek, he, he sought me out. But at the same time, we can be intentional about seeking him for a word, seeking him for revelation, seeking him for vision. By the way, don't just limit your thinking to I need a revelation for my big ministry, my eternal purpose for the kingdom of God. You can seek him for revelation about your children. What vision do you have for the outcome you want with your kids and your grandkids? What vision do you have for your own finances? What vision do you have from God for your personal health? What vision do you have from God in any area of service toward other people? I mean, it affects every area of a life, doesn't it? And then we forget to seek God for what is he doing in this and that and the other area that will bring life and vibrancy. To, to us. Ho! Oh. So, you can wait passively for God to do something, or you can begin to engage in your faith. So, I love Psalms 37 4. It's my verse. I've copywritten it. You're not allowed to share it with others because I own it personally. So, you should get my permission before you share this verse with somebody. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. When was the last time you delighted in the Lord? When were you filled with love, adoration, appreciation, gratitude? Are those attitudes you can cultivate? Is there something you know personally you can do? Guys, this is a real question. How do you delight yourself in the Lord? What does that look like for you? Is it a worship service? Is it the times when God breathes on his word and applies it to your heart? Oh my, he's so good. But you can position yourself to be delighting yourself in the Lord. You don't look as happy as you should, you know? What's really interesting to me about vision in this verse, it says, he will give you the desires of your heart. You know what your, the desires of your heart are? It's a vision for something you want in your life, an outcome you want to see, something you're willing to sacrifice for, something you're willing to work toward. As you're delighting yourself in the Lord, he can awaken in you, first off, desires that come originally just from you. You're his beloved. You're his son and daughter, and the things you care about, do you think he cares about? Seriously, of course he does. And so my early interpretation of this verse, and it's also accurate, if I delight myself in the Lord, he's going to show me his plan, his desire that he has for me. Is that true? 
Of course that's true. And by the way, when it really comes from him, your heart starts to burn. Oh, man, that's your desire, God. That's my desire, too. I want what you want. Oh, that's amazing, God. And, and he'll empower you to begin to walk in it. And I thought, see, that's it. That's what the verse must mean. He's creating a bunch of robots that only want to do his desires. And there's truth to that, but we're not robots. We're all individual. We're all unique. We all have even our own dreams. And when we present those to God, as we delight ourselves in him, he even will stir that up for us. So I was going to go through several verses in this, but I'll just refer to the desire that David had to build the temple. So 2 Samuel 7.1, you can look it up later if you want. David's like, wait a minute, I'm living in a house with cedar paneling. I've got this great thing going on in my life. And I haven't been thinking about a house for God. I mean, isn't that an amazing desire? Now, my question, do you think that God put that desire in his heart, or was that David's desire? Anybody? It was David's desire. Because clearly, when David, and it was through Nathan the prophet, and he tells Nathan the prophet, hey, I, uh, I have this thing, and Nathan goes, go and do whatever seems good to you. You know, God is with you. But then the word comes, David, you're not going to build the temple. Your descendants will build the temple. It wasn't really God's desire for God's own reasons that he didn't want David to be the one to do it. Now, if you were David, ah, I'm so excited about building the temple. This is my purpose. This is it. And then God comes along and goes, eh, eh, no, but one of your descendants will do it. How would you react? Would you suck your thumb, take your ball, and go home? Well, look, I'm not getting what I want. What was David's response? I love this. This part is worth reading. 2 Chronicles 22, 5. This is how David responds to not being able to do the, his desire in building the temple. David said, My son Solomon is young and inexperienced, and the house that is to be built for the Lord shall be exceedingly magnificent, famous and glorious throughout the lands. Therefore now I will make preparations for it. So David made ample preparations before his death. That's 2 Chronicles 22.5. Okay, sure. Yeah, it is. 1 Chronicles, well, let's double check. Okay, fact check me, Lori, very good. Good, good thing I'm not running for political office. Okay. Yeah. So it's actually, uh, sorry, First Chronicles. So I love that. David didn't get to do the thing he asked God about, but then he still participated with the vision for a house for God. He resourced it. How many times are we called to resource someone else's vision? And do we get excited about that? Oh, man, I want to see you succeed in that. That is wonderful. I think that's from God. Can I sow into that? Can I just say yes? And Let me pray some faith over you concerning that. Go for it. Go for it with God. Isn't it wonderful? We need each other to be resourcing each other's vision. That's marvelous, isn't it? I love that. So one of my wake-up calls this last few weeks, uh, many of you know, maybe I have an obsession, but I love sailing. I love the challenge. I love the, the work. I, I love the relationships, the experience. I love communing with God on a sailboat. 
Once you cut that motor and the sails fill with wind and you hear the water on the hull, there's the Columbia River, there's Mount Hood, you just begin to get this sense of being connected to God's creation and there's a sense of peace and of magic. And then, once I put a guitar on the boat, those poor people in the marina, man, I, this, yesterday I was there just ripping out worship and just consecrate this boat and God, I just, I, woo. You you understand, I love that. So for a year, I've been looking. Lori's been going. Nasty, skanky, mildewy boats with water in the bilge and nothing working and overpriced. One disappointment, being misled after another. You know, I could get frustrated with the process or I can just say, well, I'll know when the time comes. So about two weeks ago now, I, I see a boat come up and guess what? it was half price of what its value actually was. So then I go on the boat, and I can't believe my eyes. It is the nicest, best equipped, cleanest. The guy I bought the boat from, he's crazy. He's as OCD as I am. I can't believe the way he's maintained that boat. I'm trying to find stuff to do, you know? And then we're sitting on the boat, and he's like, his granddaughter was there, and she was kind of like, oh, Grandpa, I can't believe we're going to sell the boat. And he goes, yeah, I know, I kind of feel bad about it too. And then he goes, wait, I've got an idea. Why don't we become partners? We'll share the boat. And I'll pay half of the mortgage, half of all the expenses. And I'm here in town only six weeks a year, and I'll let you know when I'm going to use it, and the rest of the time it's your boat. Guys, I got the boat half price of half price. A better boat than I could have ever hoped or dreamed. All right? But you know what? I wasn't passive. It didn't magically fall out of the sky. God honored our steps of faith of looking at the skanky boats to come to the dream boat. You know? I mean, this is like, my, God, did God honor the desire in my heart? Of course he did. He, lo- he loves to bless you. Tracy, he's the God of the upgrade. Your husband's getting a promotion. Woohoo! Jeff, you're fired. Jeff, you're promoted. Come on. He loves to bless his kids and lavish his love out because it proves who he is. Hmm. Oh, that's a good word. I should just stop there, but I won't. So, there's, there's another aspect to this, and this is so compelling to me. Matthew 6.33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Are you seeking your vision for your life? God can honor that. Or are you seeking his vision for your life and for his kingdom? You know, years ago, um, I got called and I was zealous. And by the way, I just, I love this. So, Uh, When it comes to the kingdom, I I was a photographer for many, many years, and I was in my camera room, and I was in the zeal of my early faith, and I'm just praying out by myself in this darkened camera room, oh God, use me. I don't care if it's in front of hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands, because for me, ministry was a microphone. I didn't realize it was coming underneath people and building them up and being a servant, but that's cool, you know. Oh, use me, God. I don't care how big a star you make me. 
jeez, he's so kind. And then, so I just heard in a still small voice, okay, I'm going to use you. And your ministry starts today. You look for every opportunity I bring you and be faithful, and then I'll bring you more. Come on, what kind of formula is that? He who's faithful in little is what? Faithful in much. If you want to take my calling, it's yours. God is saying today, your ministry starts today. Look for every opportunity that he's bringing you. And he will bless it. He will empower it. He will grow faith in you. And he will take you to the next place and the next place. Because he knows the plan that he already has. And you're just seeking him for it. And you can't do it by yourself, by the way. You know how you know that you have a real call from God? Because it's ridiculous. You can't possibly accomplish it. No wonder Jeremiah is like, oh, oh, no, God, you, know, you don't understand. I, I, I couldn't. No, that's right. You can't. So what is the thing you do for the kingdom right now in your life that puts actually a demand on your faith? Not something that you've done over and over again that you can just do by rote, but something fresh that you're going to have to depend on God. And you know what I discovered? When you really begin to think, wait a minute, God, what is the kingdom thing I'm doing? And you begin to walk in that and seek that, whatever that looks like uniquely for you, what happens? There's alignment in your life. Your work gets blessed. Your family gets blessed. Your home gets blessed. Your finances get blessed. Why? Because you're seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, the, thing, the way he does things, that you do it with honesty, integrity, humility, and God's going to get inside it. When I, uh, at our old church, man, I, I'll never forget, I, uh, I, I had a, uh, a calling. I mean, I was serving as an elder, and then they asked me, would you consider helping out in the counseling department? We already had a full-time counselor who was very good. And, and the pastor is sitting there in the elders meeting. He goes, you know, we just have this need. There's too much counseling and Jim can't handle it all. So are any of you open to possibly helping him? And I'm looking around going, well, I'm the newest elder here, so I don't want to be greedy. I'm sure these other guys are just going to jump at it. You know, this, that is the golden opportunity right there. So go ahead, guys. You get to go first. You've been here longer. Nobody wanted it. I couldn't believe it. So it's like, well, if you don't mind, I'd like to help people. Okay, boom, you're there. Wednesday nights, three or four appointments. The rest of my life started to center around that. Me being in that office, seeking the anointing of the Holy Spirit, wanting that person to make a connection with God, wanting them to hear from God for their own. Man, it just was so exciting and so grew. And guess what? God blessed my business. And God bless every other area of my life because that was the thing I was charged about. And by the way, what ha- your gift makes what? A way for you. It just kept expanding from there. So get your priorities right. Put your heart toward the kingdom of God and see what he'll do. So when I, I thought about this wake-up call that I've had, I mean, you may think a boat is a superficial thing, but you know what it did? I go to bed and I imagine projects and things I want to clean, places I want to go, people I want to invite. My mind has begun to like wake up again and totally get stirred up 
in a way that is good for the way my brain works. God knew. Because otherwise, I'm just going to like, yeah, slowly deflate. But another area that awakened in just the last couple of weeks, uh, our, of course, Nozomo Kamiko are here. Unbelievable having them here. It's so good to see them after four years. And by the way, if you haven't been to a home group or ministry time with them, watch out because they are firecrackers. And so I've already asked for permission today since they're here with us. Uh, we're going to talk and give an opportunity to pray for you to find out what your kingdom purpose is for a vision that God has. Be thinking right now of any area in your life where you've thrown off restraint and you don't know where you're going. God's going to speak to you. And I believe Nozomo and Kamiko and our ministry team and myself, we want to just resource your vision for what God is doing. So it's going to be a, a fun time. But because they're here, I've been waiting now since COVID. Uh, Lori and I did a number of missions trips, and then finally I just, something happened before COVID. It's like, you know what? Well, I'm going to wait until we get invited to go. I'm not going to invite myself anywhere. I, I want to know that there's a real need, a real open heart, that God is in it. So I'm just going to wait. Guys, it's been almost four years. It's like, that's a lot of waiting, you know? And since then, I've been invited to India, a, a very serious invitation, invited to the Philippines, invited to Kenya, and invited to Argentina. And all of them didn't feel right. It, and that was all kingdom stuff. It was all missions trips. We're going to be praying. We're going to be preaching. But, eh. but then Kamiko told me, hey, the church is in Japan. They're asking, when can you come back? And can you... Can you come to Tokyo again? This vision of a trip to Tokyo, to the Philippines, to Korea, I knew that I knew, holy cow, this was the invitation I've waited for for four years. My faith and my joy exploded inside of me. I told Lori years ago, I'm beginning to see a pattern in my life, you know, I need to have something out there. I need to have a goal. I need to be going somewhere because it makes me accountable for my time, for the condition of my heart, for my faith level. It gives me something to work toward. Without a vision, without a direction, you're, you're unrestrained. There's no focus. There's no dedication. And so I couldn't believe it. After the boat, after the invitation to Tokyo, this vision burst forth in my heart, and I felt like a wake-up call. I felt like I'm coming alive again. Now, I care about what I eat. I care about getting in shape. I care about new levels of faith and authority and prayer and, and the prophetic. Can you, are you guys relating with me at all? Or are you, this isn't like a food coma, is it? Because this message is going a lot better than, than, you know, I had even hoped. So, but can you see why I would have a missionary zeal? I didn't see how apathetic I was becoming. I didn't. It was gradual. It wasn't until that bomb went off again, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, that is from God, and I'm going for it. I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. But I'll tell you one thing. I can't possibly do it. The expectation that those churches have, the places that we're going to go, the people that we're going to meet, they don't need Charlie. 
I have some funny stories, but they don't need, char- they need Jesus. They need an encounter. They need the presence of God. They need to know the Father heart of God. And I know that God is in it, so I know he's going to be with me, that he's got my back. I just, so I have this great sense of reliance and assurance that there's going to be just crazy Holy Spirit-empowered encounters. Whoo! Man. Hmm. So, we're going to be wrapping up. I want to ask you just a few questions. Where are you going right now? What call is there on your life? What are you doing for the kingdom of God that he can add everything else to? All the things that people seek, the material blessings, the recognition, the friendships, whatever people are seeking, if your focus is really the kingdom, God gets to add all of that to you to resource you for the thing he's put in your heart. So I especially want to challenge you. What are you doing? What are you envisioning for your future? What is going to put a demand on the anointing, on your faith, that you have something down the road? And don't manufacture it. You can Right now, your job may be seeking God, delighting yourself in God, saying, God, I want your vision, or Lord, I want you to identify the dream I have in my heart that you're going to join with me in for my kids, for my work, for my community, for my neighbors. Whatever that is, begin to ask the Lord for that vision that will draw you, that word, that revelation that comes from him that empowers you. So what are you doing for the kingdom, for your personal spiritual growth, for your finances? What vision do you have for your time? How do you want to spend it? What vision do you have for your health? It's crazy. I I am in the worst shape I've ever been in my life. I'm in the the quarantining and COVID and the streaming. And Lori and I used to walk almost every day a mile or two. And now it's been a long time. And I'm going, hold on. I've been on these mission trips before. I better get in shape. You know, it's not going to work if my back goes out. It's not going to work if I, I poop out, you know, two hours in. So what are you doing for your health? What vision do you have that's going to stir that? You can seek him. Are you seeking him for a vision and for a revelation from God that you can trust him to be with you in and help you bring it to pass? So I, I want to leave one final verse with you and just as an encouragement, and this is so unbelievably true. James 4, 8. It's very similar to Psalms 37, 4. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Not maybe. And that's the whole point of this thing. You either are seeking him in faith or in doubt. You're either drawing near to him, hoping, oh, I hope I have an encounter, or I'm going to stand on the promise. As I draw near to God, whatever creative way that looks like in your devotional life, If you do it in faith and confidence, God, this is my sacrifice. I'm giving you my time, my heart. You're going to draw near to me. I know it. I'm going to have an encounter. And then it says, cleanse your hands, you sinners. 
Thanks, God. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. Get rid of the rocks in your own heart, whatever disappointment, whatever bitterness, unforgiveness might be resting there. You're not going to be able to draw very near to him if you're carrying crud in your heart. And don't come double-minded. Don't come with doubt. Come with faith that he's a father who loves to bless, who loves your upgrade. Amen? So I, I want to read this last part uh, the way I wrote it, because it's new. I've never heard it before. So our challenge today to get a wake-up call, to find that passion for life again, and the discipline and dedication we need to keep moving forward. Seek him in faith. Seek him with all of your heart. Seek him with delight, and he will respond to your dreams and give you his dreams. You will have all the vision you need to know where you are going, and the revelation from him to have the power to get there. Isn't that good? I'm going to read it again. Thank you, Tristan. You're, you're the one smiling face in the crowd. I wish I'd looked at you earlier. Okay. <laughs> Seek him in faith, not double-minded. Seek him with all of your heart. Get rid of the distractions. Seek him with delight, in joy and gratitude. Wait. This morning, I was worshiping in my office, and man, after two or three songs, this overflowing joy and gratitude just filled my heart. And I thought, oh, good Lord, that's delighting in the Lord. Know that you need those times of refreshing over and over and over for him to come and cleanse you. So seek him with delight and he will respond to your dreams and give you his dreams. You will have all the vision you need to know where you are going and the revelation from him to have the power to get there. Father, awaken our hearts. For those who've been sleeping, those who've been passive, those who've been apathetic like me, those who have been just passing time, we repent, we apologize that we haven't taken our own calling seriously. We've operated sometimes in the lack of faith that you even have a plan or that we can hear your plan. So forgive us, break those lies, God, we know the truth and your plan exists whether we uh, believe it or not. And so we believe it. And so I just ask, as you've awakened this in me and I didn't know I needed it, I didn't seek it out, forgive me, God, because I know I don't have to wait passively for you to do something. You want me to partner with you in continually seeking you for these things. But give us the faith to know that there's a plan, a vision for each of our lives. And Lord, oh, help us just apprehend for every area, not just one, not just two, but so many areas, God, we need a vision of what your dream is for us in that. And I thank you that you give us revelation daily. You breathe upon your word. You empower us by your grace to walk in the things we couldn't possibly do on our own, but we couldn't possibly fail if we do them with you. So I just thank you for all of this. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So one more opportunity. I want to 
challenge you. If, if this has stirred your heart, if you really feel like you do need a wake-up call in any area of your life, I would just ask you to stand and as a prophetic act to acknowledge, God, I'm trusting you to speak. And then if you want, we're going to have the ministry team uh, available for just praying for that area. Or you know what? If you don't know an area, are you in a place where you're willing for God to show you the area that he wants to give you a vision? So how many of you want God to give you a wake-up call like he gave me? Come on, stand on up if you want it. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you so much. You're so good to us. God, we want to know your purposes and your plans and walk in faith and deep belief that changes our hearts and transforms our minds. Thank you for each person standing right now and the faith they have to seek a vision, a revelation from you for an area of their life, God, that you're going to honor. Thank you, Lord. Ministry team, come on forward. And uh, Nozomo Kumiko, come on forward as well. How? By the way, don't miss the opportunity. I'm trying to learn to live more lifestyle of prayer. I fight too many battles by myself, and I don't have the authority I need for some areas of my life. I have to come into agreement with other people. So uh, please take an opportunity before service and after service to receive encouragement and a word and a blessing from God. So God bless you all. Um, have a wonderful day. <laughs>